Right, good evening again, and welcome to another session of the Regine Life Experience. We are looking at the second part of the Jesus Factor. The last time we came together, we saw what Christ did on our behalf, and by receiving him, a person is born again, and how that born again experience affects us. So Jesus Christ came. As in Adam all died, 1 Corinthians 15.22, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. The Bible tells us in Romans 5.12 that as through one man sin entered the world and death by sin, so death spread to all men for all sin. But Christ came to be the offering for our sins, past, present, and future. We saw in our last presentation that through Jesus Christ, by receiving him, we are born again out of his own life, not out of Adam's life. Now, Adam's life gave us the life of sin. The life of Jesus gives us the life of righteousness. So today we are going to see what it means to be sharing Jesus' own life. We are born again of him. The Bible says we are born of incorruptible seed. So let's go right ahead. And look at the Jesus Factor Part 2. We're talking about Jesus in me. I'm born again of incorruptible seed, the life of Jesus. That's the foundation of my new life. As I shared with you the last time, most Christians do not understand what born again life is. They think it's human life trying to become Christ-like. But born again life is not human life. It is the life of God that has entered the human body, but it's certainly not human life. The Bible tells us in John 1, verses 12 and 13, as many as received him, to them God gave the right to become children of God. Those who believe on his name, verse 13 said, when a person does that, that person is born again, but not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. So being born of God is not being born human life because God is not human. Being born of God is not being born flesh life because God is not flesh. God is divine and God is spirit. And so we saw in the last conversation that when a person is born again, they are born again out of divine life and the birth is taken in the spirit. In other words, the image of God, which is recreated in a person. The person is said to be regenerated now, not out of the natural life of Adam or what we receive from our parents, but out of the life of God himself through Jesus Christ. So born again life is not human life. There are many Christians walking around still saying, well, God knows I'm only human. There's a song that says that I'm only human. I'm just a man. A born again life is not human life. folk. It's the life of God in us through the life of Jesus Christ. God in Christ operating in us. Just as Paul said in Philippians 2 verse 13, it is God who works in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It is the life of God in us that gives us victory over sin, over temptation, over adversity and everything else. 
And until people connect with that truth and connect with that life, they'll find themselves, while proclaiming to be Christians, they will still find themselves smothered by all types of adversity, still find themselves victims of sin, victims of all types of bad behavior. So we are here so we can connect with the truth about this life which we have received, because it's the life of Jesus Christ, who is the express image of God. So the Adam effect made us all sinners in the natural. We were born into that. But the Jesus factor made us righteous because we are born again into that. So that's what born again life is. There is no such thing as a born again sinner. When you're born again, you're not born again a sinner. You're born again out of the righteous life of Jesus Christ. When you're born into the world, you're born a sinner. When I was born, I was born a sinner. But when I received Jesus Christ, I was born again. But that born again life is not a sinful life. Just as we came out of Adam sinful, so we come out of Jesus Christ now righteous. So the Jesus factor is a big deal. The Adam effect has made us all sinners. But Christ has a big factor in our life, in our life experience now. We saw what he did on Calvary. We saw what he did while he walked the earth. He defeated the devil. He defeated sin. He defeated death. And we are the beneficiaries of his experience. So when the Bible says you are born again from the seed, the incorruptible seed of Jesus Christ, it's just like a child coming from a parent, take on all the traits of the parents because he has the parent DNA in him. We now have divine DNA because we are born again of God in our spirit. And that's the understanding. And so when you have that understanding and you start operating from that place, and know that the word for the life of God in me, the word, the Bible, is what feeds the life of God in me. And I listen to the word preached, sung, spoken, then I'm feeding my inner life. The Bible speaks of the inner man. That's what we are talking about. So what we look at today, see how the Jesus factor, how Jesus is life and what he did is a big factor in the reality of who I am and who you are today. So because we were born again of Jesus Christ or from him, we have to see ourselves as coming from him. Our new root of existence is not Adam, it's not human, it's divine, it's Christ. Adam was a sinful father of the human race. Christ is the righteous father of the born again race. Remember that. Christ is the father of the born again race. So the Bible records in Colossians 2 and verse 6, as you therefore have received Jesus Christ, as you therefore have received Jesus Christ, if there's anyone here listening to my voice who have never received Jesus Christ as his personal savior from sin, you are missing out on something big. What I'm speaking of today pertains to those who have received Jesus Christ. Until we receive him, 
we are not born again. As you therefore have received, notice it's, it's taking, it's saying, well, you have already received Jesus Christ. As you therefore have received him as the Lord, so walk in him. Not in Adam, the life you were born with, but in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him. So we have a new root. Christ is not sinful. So the root of my life, my born again life could never be sinful. The root of my born again life could not be a sinner. So all the folk who are walking around still saying they are sinners being saved, they do not understand what being saved is all about. My root now is in Christ. And the Bible says there was no sin in him. It's the root that produces the fruit. I'm a fruit from Christ's root. And so are you if you have received him. Rooted and built up in him. So what is God doing? God is building up the life of Jesus in me. You see, when I was born again, I was born again a babe. I may be an adult in the natural physical, but in my spirit, I'm a baby. And the Bible is saying, no, I must grow the life of Jesus in me. Because I'm born as a baby Jesus. When I was born in the natural, I was born as a, as a baby Roy. Because my father's last name was Roy. But now I'm born again out of Jesus Christ. My father's name is Jesus Christ. So what I'm growing, what God is growing, as we read in Romans 8.29, God's purpose is to conform everyone who was lost in Adam to be conformed into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. That's what born again life is all about. So the Bible says I'm rooted in him, I'm being built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So every day is a day of thanksgiving because I understand the reality of my real life is rooted in Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So if the root is righteous, the fruit has to be righteous. Whatever comes out of that root has to be righteous. If I plant a mango root, I don't expect to see an apple tree. I will see mangoes. And if my root is Jesus Christ, then I'm the expression of Jesus Christ too, because I'm the fruit of his life. It's beautiful. And so when the devil comes to these lies and tells me in my own mind, and you think everything you think in your mind is real and true, uh-uh. Adam thought what you were saying to God was real and true, but he was speaking from the devil. The devil tell us some things about ourselves. And you'll send others to tell us things about ourselves that are not true. That's why we need to know what God has said about us. Only what God says about us is true. So because we have received Jesus Christ, we are rooted in him. We have to grow up in him to be established in the faith. Christ took the punishment which is ours. We're talking about the Jesus factor in us. So because we are rooted in him, the effect of his seed, we have new genes. That's why this whole podcast 
this whole life lesson is about regened life. We have been regened, not out of Adam's genes, but out of the incorruptible seed of Jesus' own genes. It's a beautiful thing. Romans 5, 9. Much more than having been justified by his blood. When Christ died, he paid the price for all our sins. We shall be saved from wrath through him. So the Jesus factor has saved me from the wrath of God. The punishment I should have received for sins, Christ took it. So he took the punishment that was mine, that I would receive the life that is his. He did the same for you. He took the wrath of God. Verse 10. For if when we were enemies, and we were sinners, we were reconciled. God made peace with us. We were reconciled to God through the death of his son. So Christ's death paid the price for all sin, for the whole world, for the sin of the whole world. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.19 that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing or counting their trespasses or sins against them. So God suspended judgment on the world because of the death of Jesus Christ. But he did that for a reason. So sinners will no longer have to be afraid and run away from him. They can now come to him because God paid the price for their sin. Now they must come and accept God's payment. If they do not accept God's payment, then they will carry the burden of their sins. So through his death, God reconciled all sinners to himself. If when we were enemies, God reconciled us. We were reconciled to God through the death of his son much more now. Having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. That's why we have to be born again. So that the seed of his life could now be our life. Your life and my life. So the life of Jesus is now in me. That's the Jesus factor. Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. I no longer live. It's Christ who now lives in me. And the power that is given me to live the way I live comes from the life of Jesus in my spirit, controlling my thinking, my words, my actions. Jesus once told his disciples in John 14, verse 20, he says, in that day, you will know, and I hope that day happens to you today, that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I in you. Folk, I may not be wise in many things, but I believe what Jesus said. That's why I can never be lied to in my own mind by the devil, telling me that I'm alone. And poor you, look at you now. I can never be alone. There are so many Christians who say, well, I'm lonely and I'm alone. That is not the truth. Here's the truth. When we come to realize who we are and whose life we are carrying, we will never say those words about ourselves. Jesus says, in that day, you will know. 
not guess or wonder about it. You will know that Christ is in the Father, we are in him, and he is in us. So wherever I am, Jesus is. So who is alone? Who is lying to the person? The believer who says he or she is alone. Christ says, I will be with you always to the end of the age. And the Holy Spirit is given to us as a guarantee that that will happen. The Jesus factor in me cancel my loneliness. The Jesus factor. Christ is now my life. Ruthven Roy may be my name, the name that was given to the life that was born out of my mother. But Christ is my life in my spirit. Colossians 3 verse 3 says, for you died. That's what our baptism testifies about. Baptism is a testimony that we died with Christ. When we go under the water, it's a symbolic burial of our old life. When we come out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We're resurrected to a new life in Jesus Christ. So our baptism signifies our death, burial, and resurrection just as Jesus Christ. For you died. So when God looks at me, he's no longer looking at me as Ruth Roy. That's the name that is labeled to this body that came out of my mother. But from God's perspective, you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. The devil's job is to, do, to make us believe that, well, you're not really dead, you know. Your life in Adam is very much alive. Your life is not hidden with Christ in God. You feel the pain. You hear what people are saying about you. And we take all these things as our reality. We are not living from God's reality of us. The devil has given us another reality or an illusion to live by. And he has been doing that for ages. But when we start to understand what God is saying, we would see that it doesn't matter what's happening around us. We still have our peace. The world could be going haywire. We'll still have our confidence. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear in glory with him in glory. Christ is our life. Christ is my life now. Now, this is a very powerful thing. The devil does not want people to know this. He does not want people to believe this. So he keeps us in the present. He keeps distracting us by events and activities and circumstances in the natural for us to believe that this natural life and existence is the reality of who we are when God is saying, no, my life is expressed through this physical body. The life of Jesus is expressing itself in a physical experience. Just as when Christ walked the earth, his life was from heaven, but he was given a human body through birth in Mary. But what controlled that body was the life of Christ from above. And so it is for us, he's showing us how to live this life. 
Christ never said he came from earth. He always said he came from heaven. We are born again, not from earth, but from heaven. So my new life came from heaven. So Jesus factor in me, Christ is now my life. For having crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. But the devil will consistently tell us it's about us. It's about me. And this is what she said or he said about me. And the devil keep us focused on this me that will keep us miserable and frustrated and angry and hateful and resentful of people. And we are thinking that's the reality of who we are when God is saying, that's not really you. That's why we have to talk about redeemed life, what it is. And look at it every day to walk in God's reality of us. Otherwise, the devil will stress us out day and night. Christ is now my life. You're talking about the Jesus factor. His seed inside this body, in your body. My Christ life is God's righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For God made him, he made him, God made Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. So I don't have to walk around saying I'm a sinner. Christ became that for me. He became that for you. And that's why he had to die. And we don't have to die eternally because Christ died for us. That's why we receive his life that came from the dead as our new life. For he made him, God made him, who knew no sin, that's Christ, to be sin, to be what sin is for us. So that Christ could destroy what sin does to us. Christ became what sin is for us. So he can destroy what sin does to us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. God's own righteousness. That's the Jesus factor. So I don't have to worry about what Adam did. Yes, Adam gave me a sinful legacy. I didn't have anything to do with it. I was born into it. Well, we didn't have anything to do with Christ's righteousness either. We are born again into it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Just as I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity, I'm born again in righteousness and shaped in holiness. Hallelujah. It's the most beautiful thing when you understand it. So I don't have to walk around with a guilt complex. I walk around justified in the righteousness of God not trying to make myself righteous, not trying to prove myself righteous, but to know that the righteousness of God is now the reality of my life. Wow. My Christ life is godly and righteous. Second Peter 1, 3. As his divine power has given, past tense, it's already done, 
So I'm not asking God for something that he has already done for you. His divine power has given us all things. People are still praying and asking God for this. Lord, Father, I want this and I want that. Well, when we don't understand who we are, that's how we will pray. Every day is, Father, could you do this? Father, help me with this and help me with that and help me with that. We have not come into the life that God wants us to have yet. If every day a child or a children come to you, mommy, daddy, help me with this, help me with that, every day, every single day, they're not enjoying the life as part of the family. There are things that are in the house, the children don't have to ask about those things because they are provided for them. And God has provided a lot of things for us, but we cannot access them in the natural life because we are walking like children of Adam instead of walking like children of Jesus Christ. But his divine power has given to us all things, not some, that pertains to life and godliness or godlikeness. So what I'm asking God for, God has already given it to me, but I do not know I have it because I'm walking in the wrong existence. I'm walking as a human being instead of a child of God. I'm walking by sight and not by faith. I'm walking by human logic and what we call common sense and not by the word of God. But his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life. You know, God does not produce a life without first providing for the life. When God created our world, he created everything in the world before he brought Adam into, into existence. The whole world was created for Adam. God did not create Adam and then start to wonder, well, what am I going to do with this man? What am I going to provide for him? No, no, no. Provision precedes presence. Hallelujah. Purpose determines our presence in the world. God has a purpose for us. That's why we are alive. And purpose also provided for us before we came. That happens in the natural and it happens also in the spiritual. So his divine power has given, has already given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. If you don't know who Jesus is, then I don't know who I am in him. But his divine power has already given that to us. That's the Jesus factor in me. I know it's already there. That's where I get my confidence from. That's why I wake up every day with hope. Doesn't matter what's going on. I wake up with hope. Doesn't matter. My Christ life is godly and righteous. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 23 and 24. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Focus. The way your mind works now. Your mind must be controlled by what the word of God says and not by what the world tells you. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on this new man or this new self 
this new identity, this new way of looking at yourself. Put on this new man, the one that is born again out of Jesus Christ, the one that has its root in Jesus Christ. Put on the attitude of this new man, which was created according to God. You know what that word means? What that phrase means? It means the image of God restored. Created now in the image of God through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2 verse 10. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So we don't have to walk around with the image, the broken image of Adam, the broken image of the self. Ah, uh -uh. Self-image is the worst thing, folk. Some folk working on this self-image and they cannot define what self-image is because self-image has many personalities. Many presentation. The self could present one thing this morning, another thing by midday, and by night, the self is something else. The self-image is all over the place. Self-image depends on what's going on around us, but what people say about us or don't say about us. Self-image is dependent on too many things. And then self-image can get very depressed because I don't feel good about the self anymore. Not so with the image of God. The image of God is steady. It is the image of God. There's only one image of God. And when we are born again, our identity is the image of God restored through Jesus Christ. Some people think their identity is their religious affiliation, their denomination. That's not your identity. If you're born again, you're born again in the image of Jesus Christ. That's your real identity in God's eyes. This is the new man that was created according to God or in the likeness of God, in the image of God, in righteousness, in true righteousness and holiness. So my born again life, my new life, the Jesus factor in me is born again, righteous and holy. So I'm not trying to be holy by following a set of rules or dressing a certain way or eating different kinds of food. No, 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 no. I was created anew in Christ that way. In the natural, I don't have to do anything to become a royal. I was born that way. In the spirit, I was born again, righteous and holy in the life of Jesus Christ. So I don't have to follow a set of rules to become righteous or to become holy or to become more Christ-like. I don't have to do anything to become more Roy. I was born into Roy. I don't have to do anything to become more Christ-like. I was born into Christ, born again into Christ. All I have to do is to feed the life that is born again in Christ so it can grow and manifest the lifestyle of Jesus Christ. That's how simple it is. To put on this new self, this new attitude, this new identity, the one that was created according to God or in God's image, recreated in God's image through Jesus Christ in true righteousness and holiness. So I don't have to walk around feeling guilty because of the Jesus factor in me. I'm going to pause here to see if you have any questions about the Jesus factor in you. Good evening, Pastor Roy. Good evening, everyone. I am just, as I said last, when was it? 
Sabbath, was it? Even? Yeah. I am, I am good. And I am, again, thankful for the reinforcement. I am good. Bless God. Amen. It's now cemented in me. I'm good. <laughs> I thank God. Amen. <laughs> because Jesus is good. Amen. Hallelujah. The root that give birth to your life is good. Amen. Glory. If you stay rooted <laughs> in Christ, that's where that's what you are. Amen. Bless God. Amen. <laughs> Don't let your Adam root nullify your Christ root. Anyone else? Thank you for sharing. Good evening, Pastor Roy. I'm asking a question on behalf of my wife, Kay. Um, she wants to know. How do you, how do you truly live the life of Christ? As if you were, um, say, a Christian is like the head of a major organization and they're so busy and they don't have time to really study and and meditate and memorize scriptures and all these things that we're being trained to do now. Here is the deception. People think because they are busy for God. That God will accept that. God does not call any one of us to be busy for him. He does not even call us to work for him. No. See, when we are born again out of God's own life, God instructs that life what to do. Many people are trying to tell God what to do and tell God what they are doing for him. And God didn't ask them to do that. Yes, he says, make disciples, share the gospel, but how do we do it? Nothing could substitute for the life of Jesus in a person. Nothing could substitute for you understanding your real identity is Jesus Christ in your life. Nothing could substitute for that. It is from that platform, all our service to God should originate. And if I give up focusing and feeding that truth, for busyness in the work of God, I'm making a sad mistake. There are many people who are busy working for Christ, working for the Lord, and they don't know the Lord of the work. They don't know the Christ. And that's why I have so much confusion and, 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 and trouble within many Christian organizations. So it's not about the business and the work. What God is interested in is in restoration of his image in a person. Because his image will know how to do the work. So we cannot substitute working or busyness in the, in the Christian life for the image of Christ, nurturing the image of Christ that is now the foundation of our identity. And as we continue the class, we would see how we do that, how we focus on the image and how we give attention to feeding it. Regine? Good night, everyone. Um, for some reason, I thought I heard the question differently. Okay. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought I heard what um, the brother was saying his wife wanted to know is, how do you focus on your life in Christ when you're busy in the world? Like, I, I thought that's what I heard, but anyhow, that not, was gonna be my busy question. busy in the world, busy, busy. Um, in, in Christian service. Okay, so that that's not my question. Then my question is, how do you 
focus on your life in Christ or not be distracted. I had asked that in a previous class and you said to keep focusing on the mirror, right? Yes. And you understood what I I meant by the mirror? The Bible? Yes, what the word of God says about you. Okay, so like how do you, like if you work long hours, right, in Mm -hmm. a day, how do you stay focused on that life if you're not feeding feeding it as much as you would like to because you spend so many long hours in a day? Very good question. I deal with a lot of perplexities of patients on a daily basis, a -hmm. lot of coordination of care, a lot of phone calls, a lot of things, busyness. And I I try to maintain peace Mm -hmm. in Christ. Like I rely on God for peace because if I don't rely on God, I'll go nuts on the job. But I rely on God for my peace, but then I don't feed the way I would like to. So I want to know, how do you do that? All right, this is a very important question. So please pay attention to the answer. My question to you, number one, who is working on the job? I used to think me. (laughs) Well, you're still sounding sounding like you. Okay. You're still sounding like you. Mm -hmm. But this is not you working on the job. You're giving Jesus an opportunity now to work on this job. If you take on the job as still you, you'll feel all the stresses that come to you. Mm -hmm. Wherever Regine is, Jesus is. And what you are doing for these people is Jesus Christ doing it for them. That's why he said, if you visit the prison, you're visiting me. If you feed the hungry, you're feeding me. And as much as you're doing it to one of these, the least my children, you're doing it to me. So what you, you don't have to take a break to have to go jump in the word. No, I'm living the word here right now. If you're mm-hmm. giving a cup of water to one of your patients, one of your subjects, that's Jesus. I tell mm-hmm. my daughter, who's a, 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 a physician, a doctor, I say, when you go to work, it's Jesus. When you're ministering to those patients, say, Lord, these are your hands. These are your hands. And make this, this hands, these hands skillful to do what you want done for these people. When you leave your home in the morning, Jesus is leaving the home. Lord Jesus, express your life through me. The people that come to me today, let them feel your love and your presence. That's staying in your, in your, in your image. So you don't have to go to the Word and open the Bible and read, read. No, no, no. You're in it. You're doing it. So you don't have to separate yourself to get into a frame of mind. Just know that I am the presence of Jesus here. You are the presence of Jesus there, Regine. Don't see yourself as separate from him as though, well, I have to go spend some time with Jesus. No, no, no. You are spending time with Jesus right there. You are Jesus there. Wherever you work. You don't have to take a break from work to go jump in the word. If you have that time, fine. But on your job, you are the expression of Jesus Christ on the job, in the school, on the train, on the bus, wherever you are. Mm-hmm. You see, we come to it the other way because that's how we were taught. We'll have to get in a holy mode to pray. 
have to get in a special place to read my Bible and I have to get... No, 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 no. Look how Jesus Christ lived every day. Did you ever see Jesus praying over people? No, he did it all. He spent his time with his father at night and he goes out into the day and he ministers to the people. Your job is where you let Jesus Christ be seen in your life. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're not separated from him at all. You are him in that place. Bernie? Thank you, Pastor Roy. Just want to add to what Roy is saying. Um, Regine, I work in the same field as you do, I want to believe, but um, the difference is I work nights, so I will have a lot more downtime than you would. So, and it's not just the patients that we attend to, it's also our coworkers. And no matter what you do, there are always eyes on you or your life is some sort of influence to those that you are around. And your coworkers, they look at you as well. You mightn't be in the Bible, but they look at your life and they will approach you at times. They will come to you. They will come to you and ask you to pray for them or they'll come to you and ask you, you know, like with me, downtime for me on the job, on the job, I play gospel music. Some people play chess. Some people, you know, because we have some downtime. Play music, I might be listening to a sermon. And it don't even have to be that. As Pastor Roy was saying, the way you interact with your patients. And if I interact and it wasn't appropriate, the spirit will let me know right there and then you could have talked to that guy in a different manner. Maybe you could address that situation differently. All the time, the spirit let me know if I am out of line. So before I even go into the job, as I, as I walk in, as he said, it's Christ walking into the job. And I always say, Holy Spirit, just have your way tonight. Walk through me, talk through me, reach through me, you know, and yeah, we are the living testimony all the time. Not just in words, but reaction. Amen. Amen. Thank you. In other words, folk, you do not compartmentalize to be holy or to remain in Christ. Well, when I get home tonight, then I'll do this. Or at the end of the week, when it's church time. No, 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 no. Every day, you're the living expression of Jesus Christ. Everything you do. Have that consciousness. And after a while, it becomes your normal. You are living now from the life of Jesus. So you don't have to put off, put off Jesus and then put him back on. Jesus is your life. All right. Thank you for those comments, those questions. We want to move on because we have quite a bit to cover still. So we see the Jesus factor in us. We are the expression of Jesus Christ. Now, all Jesus' works and victories belong to me. That's the Jesus factor. Jesus is Lord. He's Savior and Lord. Not only of my life, but also all my life situations. You see, and the problem with most Christians is that they have separated Jesus from themselves. They are praying to Jesus in heaven when Jesus says, I'm in you. So we have separated Jesus from us when the Bible says, Christ and us, we are one spirit. 
anyone who is joined to Christ, 1 Corinthians 6.17, is one spirit. So I don't see myself as being separated from him. You can speak as the expression of Jesus Christ when you walk in your identity. Let's talk about Jesus' work and victories. These are also ours. My Christ life has defeated the devil. Colossians 2.15, speaking of Christ. The Bible says he, God has translated us into the kingdom of his son, delivered us from the powers of darkness, from the kingdom of darkness. People are still praying for deliverance when God says, I've delivered you already. But it never makes them believe, well, you're not delivered yet. Okay. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them on the cross. Now the whole world knows about Jesus on the cross. He took the power away of sin because he died for all sin. On the hill far away to that old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. Christ did it all, triumphing over them in it. So Christ became triumphant. His victory is mine because I am his seed. Whatever victory Christ had is mine because I'm a seed from him. Whatever victory is in the root is also in the fruit. So I'm not separated from Christ if he's the root of my life. Stop thinking of yourself as separated from Jesus Christ. We are one with him. When Christ said it is finished, I'm saying it is finished too because I'm in him. It's done. Some people still say, well, God is not finished with me yet. He's still working on me. God is not working on your Adam life. He's not working on me. He has replaced your Adam life with the life of Jesus. That's why we receive Jesus. There's no more me. It's just Jesus. It's either Jesus or me. Which one do you wish? The me or the Jesus? Some people try to have both. They want to have me because the devil gives them some benefits in the me, in the self-life. And they sacrifice their Jesus life for the self-life. And when the self starts to give them trouble, they're asking Jesus to help them with the self-life. But Christ is not working that way. It's either the self or me. He said, if anyone will come after me, he has to deny the self, take up the cross and follow me. So what we are asking God to work on, God is not working on because God said it's finished. Christ is it already. You have died and your real life is now hid with Christ in God. My life, my Christ life has already defeated the devil. 1 John 4, 4. You are of God of the children and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And some people speak as the devil as though the devil is greater than Jesus Christ when Christ has already defeated him. Christ's victory is my victory. 1 John 5 verse 18, we know, I hope we know, that whoever is born of God, not born of man now, does not sin. People read it and they get confused. It's not talking about your life that was born of man or came out of the mother. Our life that came out of our parents will always sin because it was born sinful. The life that was born again came out of God. It is born again righteous. 
That's the life that does not sin. Whenever sin occurs, it happens from the self. Sin is always to please something that the self wants. Never something that Christ wants. Never something that the image of God in me wants. But always the image of the self. The image of God does not sin. Whoever is born of God does not sin. But he who has been born of God keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. The wicked one cannot touch the life of Jesus anymore because Christ has already gained the victory over sin, over death, over Satan, over the grave. And I, and you and I, we are the seed from that life that overcame sin, Satan, death, the grave. We are the seed of that life and we must know it. That's why the text says we must know. When we are born again, we are born again of the life that overcame sin, Satan, the grave, death. And the evil one cannot touch that life. That's why the Bible says your life is hid with Christ in God. Now the devil doesn't want you to believe that, doesn't want me to believe that, and wants us to believe that, well, your life is exposed, your life is this. He sent people to say this, he sent others to do that. They make you believe that that's your life. That's not your life. That's why we must know the word of God. Jesus said it best. We live by every word of God. We do not have to believe the lies that is producing in our own minds by the whisperings of the devil. That put us in places of depression and frustration and confusion when the word of God is so clear concerning who we are. Christ's victory is my victory. My life has defeated sin because my Christ life, not my natural life. Some people will still be struggling with sin in their natural life. We all have that struggle in the natural. But let me tell you, when you pull together your real life in Christ, you find your power to overcome your natural life. Sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under law, but under grace. Grace is the power of Christ's life in me. And where sin abounds, the Bible says, grace abounds even the more. Thank God for that victory. My Christ life, we're talking about the Jesus factor here now. Christ's victories are mine. My Christ life has defeated death and the grave. Oh, yeah. Folk, don't be distracted by the physical demise of people. That's the fact. The truth is what God says about what happens to us. Jesus said at the grave of Lazarus, talking to his, his sisters, Mary and Martha, I am the resurrection of the life. Jesus said, look, your brother would live again. And Martha said, yes, Lord, we know he will live again at the last day and at the resurrection of the dead. Jesus said, well, I am the last day. I am the resurrection and the life. Nobody's going to come up in the last day without me giving authority for that to happen. See, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. 
you believe this? Oh. Well, here's the truth. These physical houses in which we live will die, will disintegrate. Paul speaks of it in 2 Corinthians 5. But a born-again spirit of God in it cannot die. Because Christ resurrected from the dead, never to die again. It is that life that resurrected from the dead that is the seed of my born-again life. So my born-again life never dies. Born-again life cannot die. The body dies and the spirit that came from God goes back to him until the return of Jesus who will give us a new body. That's what Paul speaks of in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and also in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible. For this mortal must put on immortality, the corruptible must put on incorruption, and the mortal must put on immortality. Speaking about this, these bodies going through this dynamic change for a body that can house an eternal spirit. So Jesus says, you'll never die. He who lives, whoever lives, they live through their connection with Christ. If I'm not connected with Christ, I'm dead even while I'm living. Yes. That's why Christ said, let the dead bury the dead. The dead who are burying their dead are those who are alive but not connected to the life of Jesus Christ. God calls them dead. But once you receive Jesus Christ, the Bible says you live. And if you continue to believe, you will never die. And that's the understanding. So the life of Jesus never dies. The natural life as we know it will die when this body give way. 1 John 5, 9. Jesus is saying this through John in a different way. If you receive the testimony of people, the testimony of God is greater. The King James Version, the New King James Version says, if you receive the witness of men. What witness, whether it came from men or women? The result is the same. If you receive the testimony of people, the testimony of God is greater. For the testimony of God is this that he has testified concerning his son. The one who believes in the son of God has the testimony in himself. Speaking again of the seed of Jesus, his own life in my spirit. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he does not believe the testimony that God has given concerning his son. And the testimony is this, pay attention, that God has given to us eternal life. Not God will give to us eternal life. He has given it to us already. When I receive Jesus Christ, I receive eternal life. My born again life is eternal life. God has given to us eternal life 
and this life is in his son. The one who has the son has life. That's why we have to receive him. The one who does not have the son does not have the life. Wow. The one who does not have the son does not have the life. So my Christ life is eternal. My Christ life has also overcome the world. These things I've spoken to you, Jesus said, that in me, in my life that is, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. You have trouble in the world, but we have good cheer. I have overcome the world. So the life I have in me is the overcoming life. One that has overcome the world. Doesn't matter what trouble or tribulation comes. I have overcome the world. This is 1 John chapter 4, chapter 5, verse 4, not John 16, 33. 1 John 5, 4 says, For whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. We must believe what God says. Christ's victory is ours. What shall we say then to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Come on. Sometimes we talk as though what is against us is greater than what is for us. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wow. So all Christ's victories are already mine. And if I live with the consciousness of his life as my life, I will experience significant victories in my life in spite of all circumstances. Let me go to the last section on this presentation. Christ has made me, and Christ has made you a part of God's family. That was God's plan. He destined us. He made a determined decision for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will. So God did this. Through Jesus Christ, we are now part of God's divine family. And because you are children, because you are God's children, God has sent, notice again past tense, not he will send, he has already sent the spirit of his son or the spirit of Jesus into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. This is what God has already done. I have the spirit of Jesus. I have the mind of Jesus because it is the seed of Jesus' own life that gave birth to me and my spirit. So you are no longer slaves or sinners, but children. You're a child, and if a child, then also an heir, an heir through God. So whatever belongs to God, belongs to his children. Notice this. We are heirs only because we are children. A slave cannot be an heir. A sinner cannot be an heir. And if I'm walking around as a sinner all the time, I cannot be an heir or inherit what belongs to the heir. Christ is the heir. We are joint heirs with Christ. 
And if I walk around in my Adam identity, in unbelief, not believing what God says about me through Jesus Christ, then I cannot access what belongs to those who are heirs. Because whatever a slave has does not belong to the slave, it belongs to his master. And when the Bible says you're no longer slaves, in other words, you're no longer slaves of Satan or slaves of sin. This is why some folk cannot get the blessings of God because if God blesses them, the devil will get everything. Because they are moving by the direction of the evil one through the self-image. And will not be a blessing to others in the world. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. God made a promise to him. Christ came out of the seed of Abraham in the flesh, in the natural. And if you are Christ, you are part of Abraham's seed and you are an heir according to the promise. God promised Abraham. We did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear. Notice. But you received the spirit of adoption. You already received it. By whom we cry, Abba, Father. We just saw it in Galatians 4, verse 6. Because you are children, God has given you the spirit of his own son. And that's not the spirit of fear. The one that came from Adam. Adam was the first one after he sinned. He said, I'm afraid. And he had given that fear. He has given that fear to all his descendants. But we have received the spirit of Jesus Christ. So now we can say Abba, Father. That's a family name. Abba is God's family name. And the spirit himself, that's the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit. That's the seed of Jesus' life in me. So there are two spirits. The Holy Spirit plus the seed of Jesus' life in me is my spirit. And the Holy Spirit speaks to that spirit. The Holy Spirit ministers to that spirit. That's where we get revelation from. That's where we get understanding of scriptures from. It's not human intelligence. But it's spirit to spirit. The spirit does not speak to human intelligence. The spirit speaks to spirit. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are God's children. Why? Because God is spirit. And if God produces children, his children are spirit too. Because every seed produces after its kind. Wow. This is so awesome for me. I hope it is for you. So we are part of God's family because we share God's spirit. And if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. What a blessing. What a blessing. Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. Why? Because you're an heir. You're a child of God. The Jesus factor in you makes you an heir, makes me an heir. Whether Paul or Paulus or Cephas, it doesn't matter whose name is on the thing. Because nobody in this world owns anything. We all leave it behind. In this world, we don't own because life is terminal. The natural life is terminal. This world will pass away and everything in it will pass. We are living for the permanent world. We use things here, but we don't own them. 
We leave them behind for people who never work for them. Don't get it twisted. The devil makes people believe they own stuff, but we don't own, we use, we manage. The people in Ukraine who thought they owned their homes and own all these things, in a moment, they're all gone. So we don't own. We are stewards of these gifts. I see your hand, Jessica. Let me just finish these slides and then I'll take questions. So the Bible says all things are yours, whether Paul or Paulus or Cephas. If God wants to take something from someone and give it to you, God could make that person give it to you free. He could put it in the heart of that person to, to give something to you. God could bring somebody who you don't even know to point to your life. I'm telling you this because it has happened to me more than once, many times. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. And you are Christ and Christ is God's. Since God is owner of everything, God can deposit into the life of his children whatever he desires according to their need. Don't be distracted by what you see. We walk by faith and not by sight. And faith means living from God's reality of things, not from our perception of what reality is. So, let me summarize. I was born into this world under the dominion of sin and Satan, but I was born again in righteousness through Jesus Christ, my savior. The life of Jesus in me is now the reality of my total existence. All Christ's works and victories now belong to me. As a legitimate member of my heavenly family, I have access to everything that belongs to Jesus Christ. That's the truth about us. Yes, that's the Jesus factor. That's what it means to be one with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So we are in the, the end of our presentation today and I'll take some questions or comments before we finish up for the evening. Jessica, I saw your hand. So go ahead and ask your question or make your comment as you desire. You answered my question, Pastor Roy. Thank you. I answered your question. Okay. So what was your question for the benefit of others? Actually, I didn't have a question. I did that by mistake, but <laughs> um, my, my sister and I were having a discussion and I guess I can ask the question. I think there's some um, clarification about um, Christ life being ours in terms of um, saying that I am Christ. Mm -hmm. um, can you explain that a little bit more about Okay. Is that, Are you Dorset? Yes. Is your sister Dorset? Yes. What make you Dorset? Uh, birth. 
my my birth, my parents' DNA. Ah, you were born again. You were born from them, right? Yes. So if you're born again from Christ, what does that make you? His DNA, Christ. That's right. You see, but you're still trying to define yourself in the flesh as Dorset. You're trying to say, well, Dorset can't be Christ. But I'm not talking about Dorset. Dorset will never be Christ. So if you're seeing yourself as Dorset, you cannot express Christ. And so if you operate separate from Christ. But here's the fair thing. That's why we have to believe this. When you're born again, you're not born again from Dorset. You're born again from Christ. You carry his seed. Your root is Christ. So if your root is Christ, what is the fruit? If you plant a mango root, what type of fruit do you expect to see for coming from that root? Mango. Mango. So if you plant Christ, what do you expect to see coming from Christ? Christ. If Christ says, I am, the, I am the vine and you are the branches, what does that mean? The branches is him. If Christ Sorry. says, I am the light of the world, and then he says to you, you are the light of the world, what does that mean? I am Christ. If Christ said to Saul, while he was persecuting the Christians, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul said, who are you, Lord? Jesus said, it is Jesus who you're persecuting. So what was Jesus calling the Christians who Paul was persecuting? Christ, me, him. And why the devil is giving us such a hard time to say? Thank you. So what will Christ call us if we are persecuted today? Anything Christ. different? No, no. Ah. So if Christ could do that, why not us? If Christ gave us the permission to do that, why not us? Because the devil does not want us to understand that we are the expression of Jesus Christ in the world. And the devil, the devil has no, listen, the devil has no problem with Dorset, you know. The devil has no problem with Roy. The devil has a problem with Jesus Christ. So, Pastor Roy, your continuation of that sentence is, we are the expression of Christ in the world, therefore we are Christ. Of course. Okay. Just as you are Dorset. Is your father still here? Jessica? Jessica, are you there? Yes. I'm here. Is your dad still here? No. But, but you're still Dorset. Yes. Ah. Why? Because you are his seed. Mm -hmm. Ah, hallelujah. Very good question. Uh. And I'm glad you asked it because it's not just for you, it's for all of us to understand that if Christ would call us himself, we are free to call us himself, but Christ is not afraid to call us himself. Christ said, you are the light of the world. So if I walk on around and I said, I am the light of the world, this is what Christ said I am. 
That's God's reality. So we cannot think about living human reality. You have to live God's reality if you're going to live victoriously. Because if you don't think of yourself like Christ, you will not act like him. You will not be like him. You could do as much as you like, and I'm using Jessica's um, scenario. Jessica could try as much as she likes. She could dress like a Roy, but she'll never become a Roy, right? Right, right. She could even go and live in Roy's house, but it wouldn't make her a Roy. Just to be born a Roy. That's why Adam people could never be Christ-like. Many Christians, many natural people are trying to be Christ-like. It will never happen. If you are born again of Christ, you are Christ. You're already Christ-like. You don't have to try because you're born again of him. You never see a mango seed trying to become a mango because you're already born of a mango tree. All that is righteousness by works. See how important your question was? Thank you, Pastor Roy. That was excellent clarification. You're welcome. Anyone else? Pastor Roy, I was just sent a question and it says, he said that there is nothing you can do to be like Christ, not keeping a set of rules. How do you connect this with the text? If you keep, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's, it's simple. Very simple. Christ is talking to these folk who have not come into the born again experience, right? And when Christ says that to them, he knows, really, that they cannot keep the commandments without him. Nobody can. Only Christ did. God didn't give the law so that mankind could keep the law. He gave the law to prove to mankind that he cannot keep it and that he needed the life of Jesus. That's why he gave the law. The law was given to show to mankind how sinful mankind really was because the spirit of the devil is what moving mankind. How could people really love without God? God is love. So Jesus said to this folk, if you love me, notice, if, if you love me, the truth is that they didn't love him. They didn't have the capacity to love him. Listen what the Bible says about love. Romans 5, verse 5, it is the Holy Spirit who pours the love of God in our hearts so we can love. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, Paul is praying that God would strengthen us with might through his spirit in the inner man so Christ could dwell in our hearts by faith so we could be rooted and grounded in love. The folk did not have the capacity to love Jesus. That's why he said if. They were attracted to him because of all that he was doing and because God was drawing them to him. Now nothing is wrong with the commandments. Something is wrong with mankind. So when we are born again, now the Bible says, Christ came and did what the law could not do so that we can have the fulfillment of the law in us through the life of Jesus. Thanks for asking. Anyone else? All right, what are you taking away today? Anybody? I am the extension of Christ in this world. 
Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Thank you. I'm Christ on my job. You are Christ on the job in the workplace. Yeah. All Christ's works and victories now belong to me. All Christ's work and victory are mine. Praise the Lord. Amen. When I, walk, when I walk in the wrong identity, I miss out on the abundance that the Lord has laid out to me. That is the truth. Thank you. Christ is my life. Christ is my life. Praise the Lord. I'll take one more. I don't have to do anything to become righteous. I was born again righteous. Hallelujah. Yes, you are born again from the righteous root, Jesus Christ. Very good. Thank you all for being here this evening. This has brought us to the end of another Regine Life Experience class. Mm -hmm.